Hey guys, Abel here, back with another video. And in this video, I would like to talk about progressive overload because this is something that I've been thinking quite a bit about in this past year. And I think by now my thoughts have crystallized pretty well. And I would like to give a shout out to Eric Helms and Brian Miner, whose uh, recent discussions on this topic really helped me to solidify my thoughts on the matter. And I hope that in this video, I will manage to give some good insights to you on this topic as well. So the first thing I want to tell you is that I think most of us kind of think about progressive overload in sort of a conceptual model, which looks something like this. We go to the gym, we lift a certain amount of weight for a certain amount of reps that induces a, a given adaptation. And then the next session, when we go back to the gym, we are trying to lift heavier weights. And then this act of lifting these heavier weights kind of sends this signal to our body. And as a consequence of that, our muscles kind of go holy shit, there is this demand that is being put on us. So clearly this dude is trying to lift these heavier and heavier weights. So we need to do something to cope with this so that the next time he comes back and once again, he's going to lift even heavier weights, we will be able to cope with this stress better. So as a consequence, they are getting bigger and stronger. And I think that this is one reason why a lot of people now are actually using the terms progressive overload and mechanical tension. So the, the force that is being exerted on the muscle interchangeably when they are discussing mechanisms for hypertrophy. Whereas what actually happens is that you go to the gym, you're putting tension on the muscle, you're ensuring that you're putting a sufficient magnitude of this tension on the muscle, which in practice means lifting weights that are heavy enough. You're also ensuring that you're putting a sufficient total quantity of this tension on the muscle, which in practice means doing enough sets and reps. And you're also ensuring that you're pushing yourself hard enough, which in practice means pushing sufficiently close to failure. So either training all the way to failure or leaving one rep in the tank, two reps in the tank, etc. Or in other words, you're inducing a sufficient amount of homeostatic disruption so that by the time your next session rolls around, your muscles have adapted by becoming bigger and stronger. But note that I said by the time your next session rolls around, you already have gotten bigger and stronger which means that if you want to disrupt homeostasis in your next session, just as much as you did in your previous session, you need to create the conditions which will actually allow you to work equally hard as you did in your previous session, which in practice will mean that you will lift heavier weights for the same amount of reps, or you will do more reps with the same weight, but you will do something which will allow you to work equally hard which also means that it's not the act of lifting heavier weights, which will make you bigger and stronger, but it's the act of getting bigger and stronger, which will actually necessitate or allow you to lift heavier weights, which will actually be required so that you can work equally hard. And um, this also means that focusing your training program to get stronger is only a goal of your training program insofar as it's just a benchmark to see if what you're doing in your training program is appropriate or effective. Because if you're gaining strength with the same amount of reps or you're able to perform more reps with the same weight, that means that what you're doing in your programming in terms of volume and intensity is probably appropriate or at least is not too suboptimal. Whereas if you're losing reps or you're stagnating at the same weight, that means a couple of things. It gives you some useful information because maybe it means that you're either over under training or maybe you're doing too much volume or maybe some of your recovery parameters are off. 
And this also kind of helps putting a lot of pieces of advice which we like to give out in the fitness world into perspective. For example, program hopping or just changing up a lot of variables in your training too much from one session to the next. For example, if one week you're benching for three sets of eight and the next session you're going in there and you do four sets of 12, this would generally be something we, which we would advise against in the fitness world. And most of us would probably acknowledge that that's probably not a good idea. But the question is, why is that? And most of us would probably give some intuitive responses. For example, well, that probably induces a different adaptation or something. And it's maybe true to some extent, but I would say that if you're pushing yourself equally hard with those four sets of 12, you're probably taking care of your muscle growth just fine. In other words, the issue doesn't have to do as much with what's going to happen from this training session to the next training session, but it has to do much more so with what happened from last training session to this training session. Because if you did, let's say 80 kilos for eight reps and you left one rep in the tank last session, and this session you did 82 kilos for eight reps and you left one rep in the tank, that told you a lot of useful information that probably the amount of volume you did was appropriate. Probably you were pushing yourself sufficiently hard. Probably you were doing the right intensity and probably your recovery was also pretty much on point. Whereas if you only did six reps with 82 kilos or in some way your progress was just not as you expected, that also told you some useful information that maybe you just did too much volume on your, on your previous session, or maybe you were warming up too much in this session, or maybe you didn't sleep enough, didn't eat enough or something. Whereas now that you just did four sets of 12 instead of three sets of eight, you may have gotten better, you may not have gotten better, you don't know because you cut out your benchmark for progress. And it also helps explaining some other pieces of, of advice. So for example, for hypertrophy training, why do we generally recommend that you lift in the moderate to high rep ranges for hypertrophy? Why do we recommend not focusing most of your work for sets of, let's say three to five? And most of us, again, would probably give intuitive responses such as, well, that those adaptations are very different. You will make strength adaptations much more so than hypertrophy adaptations. And again, those things are probably true to a good extent. However, an additional issue is that lifting with these very high intensities for low reps have such a high skill component to them. And the impact of neural conditioning and adaptations are just so high that if you're getting stronger with those rep ranges, you just simply don't know how much of that was just you getting more skilled and neurally adapted and how much of it was because of you getting bigger. Uh, funny thing is, is that I just heard Mike Isratel mention somewhere that focusing on getting stronger in order to get bigger is kind of just becomes a fool's errand after a certain point, because if someone is so strong, for example, that he can already squat 400 kilos, then it's obviously ridiculous to try to get him to get even bigger by trying to make him even stronger. And I remember my first thought being upon hearing that is that the funny thing is, is that it actually is the best way to get him bigger so long as that actually happens in the context of a hypertrophy specific program. Because if you're trying to get him bigger by just increasing his one rep max, that has such a high skill building component and such a high component of simply setting his programming up so that he can speak at any one point that if he gets stronger, you don't know how much of it was due to him getting bigger and how much of it was just you setting the programming up so that he can peak well enough at any one given time. But you know, if you were to get him stronger by increasing his 
10 rep max on four sets of squats, he would probably get stronger and get bigger as well. So I guess uh, the conclusion of this video is that I wouldn't say that we should forget about the term progressive overload, but I really think that the way it's phrased kind of makes us plant the wrong seeds or wrong thoughts in our head because it really kind of flips the equation on its head because it's not the act of you lifting heavier and heavier weights over time that allows you to get stronger, but it's actually the act of performing a sufficient quantity and magnitude of work in the gym and putting tension on your muscles, which will actually allow you to get bigger and stronger which then will necessitate that you lift heavier and heavier weights so that you can actually just keep working equally hard for the upcoming weeks. So I hope this short informative video was indeed informative like I intended to. I hope it helped out some of you. And with that, see you in the next video. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a comment and subscribe if you watch this on YouTube. If you listen to this on iTunes, please leave a rating to help this stuff grow. SoundCloud and Podbeam, you can just follow me to be notified on future episodes. And to be a contributing member of this podcast, join the Sustainable Self-Development Facebook group where you can drop ideas about future podcasts. I very often ask my listeners for tips and advice on who to get on next. So if you're interested in getting into discussions like that, be sure to join the Facebook group. And if you don't want to go through the searching process, just click one of those links in the show notes slash video description. It is all there. All right. Thanks for hanging around up until now and see you next time.